as I mentioned, I am going to point out the problems tonight. So it'll be in a spiritual capacity. Um, I preached, as I was finishing up at Northridge, I just finished like a three and a half year series through Luke, which Luke is the longest book in the Bible, uh, the New Testament. So give me a little bit of space on that. It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. But then I started through Acts and I went through Acts 4. I spent around six months in Acts 2. There are so many things brought up. And if I would say the epicenter of Acts 2 is not the speaking in tongues, though that's an issue. The epicenter is Acts 2.38. So we're going to talk about that tonight. And I will not address all of these. I will bring them up and leave you unsatisfied. How's that? That's a promise. Okay. So... I call this the pieces of the Acts 238 puzzle. And uh, this will introduce what we're going to talk about next week, and I'll explain that toward the end here. But I there's not enough time. I think our last session for this series is March 1st. So if you have something you want me to cover that I bring up tonight or that has been mentioned or whatever. I'm trying to, because of potential snow days, cover the most critical items that I think are critical. So I know what I'm doing next week. It's kind of open. If you want me to talk about tongues, I won't talk in tongues, except for the English one. But um, um, I, I'll talk about whatever you know is there. Or I'll just keep plotting onward and figure something out. So there's plenty to talk about, but I want to scratch where you itch if I can, not in an unbiblical way, right? So Acts in Depth, again, I'm actually going to go to the website tonight uh, a little bit later, but you can scan the QR code and everything's updated. I forgot to mention last week. I remember a couple weeks ago, Linda said, can you put that in like a simple sentence? Other than last week, Every one of them now has a simple sentence under it summarizing the lesson. And I'll do that for last week's when I get around to it. <laughs> right? So a lot, of, a lot of irons in the fire right now. So anyway, here's a brief outline. Okay, and this is in your notes at some level. And again, this is a different kind of lesson because I'm bringing things up more, not resolving them. Tonight, I will a little bit. I'll give you hints. I think the word is actually in the notes at least twice. The word hint, right? So, uh, because we just don't have time. But number one here, the context of Peter's answer. In Acts 2.38, um, let me read the passage. It's on the top of your notes here. And I've, I'm reading the context, right? From verse 37 to verse 41. Now when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And here's the, the epicenter here. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized. Uh, excuse me, I always skip part of this. Repent and let every one of you be baptized 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So here's the two verses before Acts 2.38 that we just read, okay? So I'm just going to give you a brief outline. They show remorse. Now this is from the time um, in Pentecost. It's still the day of Pentecost. Peter has just preached. They thought at first they heard the tongues of different languages in their own dialect even, right? It was known languages. Uh, Pastor Lance went over that already. Um, but, uh, and we can do it more deeply if you want. Again, that's one of the things that we can talk about if you want. But uh, Peter says, these men aren't drunk. This is what Joel 2 said. And we talked about Joel 2. It's, it's an example of the power of God, not a fulfillment of that prophecy, which is still yet future. Okay? And then he said, you basically, after all of this, he proved it from David, who's still dead, and yet it says David will do something. He goes through all of this. It's a pretty long sermon, really. And then he, they said, you've basically, you've crucified the Lord of glory. And they believed it then, that they understood that they are guilty of crucifying the Messiah. So they said, what should we do? So there's the remorse. They were cut to the heart. The request, what shall we do, right? So they understood they're in a bad situation. All right. Now, just a couple appendages here, notes here. Note the message regarding our sin, Jesus' identity, who he is, and Jesus' activity, what he has done, including his life, death, and resurrection, requires a response from us. Salvation is not inherited. Salvation is not um, absorbed by going to church or whatever. It requires a personal response. And my question to you even tonight is, what is your response to this message? Or maybe what has been your response, right? So thankfully, uh, somewhere along the line, God helped me understand that I was unacceptable to God. And um, I understood that Jesus paid for my sin penalty and made me acceptable to God because of what he did, not because of what I did, simply by believing on his name. So no response is a response, right? John 3, 18, he who believes, him, believes on him is not condemned. He who believes not is condemned, what? Already. No response is still a response. There's no neutral. Okay. Second point here. Peter gives good news. He has an answer. I'd hate to find out how bad I was. And it's like, well, hey, tough. Too bad how sad that you are you. But Peter had good news. And he says to him, repent and let every one of you 
Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you. I've heard that verse most of my life. I grew up in a fundamental church, right? But when you start looking closely, you're like, I'm confused. Because this doesn't seem to mesh with other things that I know or have heard from the same Bible. Okay? So let's look at six of them real quick. I'm going to list them, and then we're going to look at four puzzle pieces a little closer. Number one, the command, number one, is to repent. It's a command, something you must do, an order, an imperative, right? We'll, we'll talk about that in more depth a little bit later. There's another command in the verse. What is it? Yep, be baptized. Let every one of you. That's like a second person command or third person, I guess, command. It's hard to say it in English, but it's evident. It's let. Let is, a, is an imperative idea. It's a hint for an imperative anyway. So that's what it is. So you have to be, repent and you have to be baptized. So those are two things that bring up questions, I hope, in your mind. I hope they do. Number three, the formula. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, wait a second. I get the baptism part. I'm a Baptist. That's what we do. No, we eat. But we baptize sometimes, right? But mostly we eat. But the formula is different than what I've heard before. In fact, it's different than what pastor used for Isaac. Well, you actually baptized him, right? You didn't use this, right? You used the other. Yeah. Right? There's people that say something's different here. It creates a new era, new dispensation. Right? That's a problem. The more you look, it's like, I'm going to stop looking because we got three more. The preposition four. And let every one of you be baptized. Repent. Be baptized for the remission of sins. That even makes me uncomfortable. I mean, I've been baptized, so I'm in either way. But which is it? Right? Depends on what you mean by four. Yeah, four. <coughs> right? Result, number one, remission of sins. And it's like we don't use that word much. Really. I mean, if you're in remission, that's good news for you, but it usually isn't in a salvation context. Fair? And the last one, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm not even going to talk about this one at all, but I can talk about the baptism of the Spirit, which is different than tongues. I'll differentiate that right now. So if you want to talk about that, let me know. Otherwise, I'll just pick something. How many angels can fit on the head of a pen or something? But that's actually not in Acts. So we're going to fo- we have topics to work on in Acts. But if you have something you'd rather... Here, let me know. Otherwise, I'll just pick them myself. No matter what, I'll bring cookies, so be here. Okay? Now, let's look at the pieces of the puzzle. By the way, look at your notes. I noticed this after I sent these to Pastor Ryan (coughs) last night late. 
Notice it's puzzle piece number one, puzzle piece number two, puzzle piece number four, and puzzle piece number five. So these are one, two, and it should be three and four, and yes, I can count. I was in the army. We learned to count to four over and over and over. Even in jump school, it was just four. Just count to four. We don't expect great things, just four. So count to four and check your canopy. Right? So, so anyway, puzzle piece number one. Now what we want to look at a little closer tonight, and I will leave you unsatisfied. Guarantee or your money back. <laughs> I will. I won't answer enough questions. But next week is all about this word. All about this word. That's all we're going to talk about is this word, okay? So we'll be there. And I hope I can fit it in with the time we have next week. There's that much to talk about, okay? The necessity of repent. We've already kind of mentioned it, but it's an imperative. For some reason, and I, I'm not pointing at you, maybe I'm pointing at me, but for some reason, believers in our day think imperatives, commands of God are optional. But the nature of an imperative is a military order that you have no choice but to obey. What must we do or what can we do? And this is your only option is to follow this, what Peter's saying. He's not giving them choose three of the five, right? He's not, commands are commands. So when God says put off and put on their imperatives, that's what God expects. Now, we need grace, and we do it imperfectly, but it's not an option, right? An imperative. So, popular emphasis, it's required as an extra step. And again, without trying to get into trouble tonight, this is almost always included, and it depends on the group, it's, it's, a, it's like deciding about baptism only more important. Like if you don't preach repentance, you're, you're, you have departed from the faith. Okay? Um, and I believe repentance is in the Bible. In fact, it's right here. So I'm not arguing, but you have to understand it correctly or you have created another requirement, an extra step to salvation. I'll give you a little heads up, but only two places in all the Bible do you find repent and believe together. And I should have said too, you can't throw anything at me until after the end of next week. Because I'm not going to leave you satisfied, but Repentance is not an extra step. Or the Bible is all confused. Okay? I believe I'll leave you satisfied next week on this one. Okay? And I'll give you some hints today about it there. So, um, the meaning of repent is another huge thing here. And I have, this is at the top of the, the back side of your sheet here. There's four things here. Popular 
meanings or usages of the term. I can talk, I just don't want to. Um, popular meanings or usages of the term. How is repentance or the command repent or the noun form is repentance? How is it used? Talk to me. Give me ideas. Just phrases that you've heard, what you hear. Okay, turning around, right? You've heard that. I, you've probably heard that many times. What else? Change of mind and purpose. Change of mind and purpose, okay? What else? Have you used, heard it used in a sentence? You must do this. If you look at tracks, I said one of the things that churches are confused about salvation, what it takes to be saved. And if you're not clear on what it takes to be saved, you cannot have assurance because you're unsure of what it takes for you to be saved, and you certainly can't share it with others. We share in a confusing way, but we don't know what to say. And then we're wondering what we're to do. Go ahead. Expression of regret. Regret. An expression of regret. Okay, what else? Okay, a change of mind that produces a change of direction. Um, good, I've heard that over and over too. I'm going to be the devil's advocate. I'm not asking and I'm not arguing or whatever, but who determines how much of a change is a change of direction and how much of that is required to be saved if that's the case, right? So things that we'll think about, we'll talk about next week. I can't dare not let you be unsatisfied or I'll have to give you your money back. Well, here, here's one. Have you heard of this one before? How many of you have seen a track, heard this stated? We hear it all the time, actually. Anyone want to guess how many times this occurs in Scripture? And yes, it sounds like a trick question. Not the word repent, the whole phrase. I'll tell, I'll tell you how many times the word repents in there. Not a problem. Yeah, it's approximately zero. You never see this phrase ever used when the gospel is shared. They use the word repent, but not repent of your sins. Now, I did find at least four or five occurrences where it, it states a particular sin, but it's stated to believers. There's a couple times in Revelation where it talks about they did not repent of their, I don't know if it's unbelief or whatever, and I'll give you the whole list. I have the whole word study linked on my website, right? So you can double check my work. I've highlighted the words in Greek and in English, right? But this never occurs. I heard someone say it the other day. I haven't actually had time to go out and check, but the Mormons use that phrase. And, and you have to stop and think about it. What it would, does repent mean? Okay, because if repent, if this is what the Bible teaches, I believe we need to teach it. 
But you never see this phrase there, so that means something is wrong with our thinking if we're using this phrase. If we're going to be accurate. And if this is what's required to be saved, the Bible forgot to put it in. And I'm not trying to be facetious, really. I'm just making the point. Okay? The next one here. Is it an additional requirement for salvation? Repent and believe? Repent of your sins and believe? Well, Kevin said that's not even found in the Bible, so... Maybe that's not it. But what about repent? Is that a separate step? And uh, let me bring you full circle again. I think we've talked about this before, but one of the, the clearest places in all of the Bible where you find a clear passage that's talking about eternal salvation. You know, it's not Peter sinking in the water saying, Lord, save me. You don't want to use that for salvation verse. Unless it's a baptize at the same time, maybe. I don't know, you know, now that I'm thinking about it. But Paul and Silas are in jail. There's an earthquake, and they've been singing at night. They've been obviously talking about things that the jailer has been hearing because he already has content in him. He run, he's going to kill himself because you don't want to be alive and be derelict in the Roman army. Because they won't just kill you, they'll make it good, right? And maybe more than that, right? He runs in, Paul says, don't do yourself any harm, we're all here. And he runs in and his first question is, what happened? Is that what he said? No, he's been here and he goes, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And what was their response? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Now, is it right or wrong? Are they accurate or did this guy have false hope after Acts 16, 30 and 31? It's one or the other. You can't have both. We'll even talk about that in Acts 2, 38. If Acts 2.38 at face value is something different than what Paul and Silas said, what does it take to be saved? I told you, different tracks, you pick up different tracks, even some of the best ones I've seen, even the best ones goof it up. They'll use like the verse we looked at last week, what was that, Romans 10.13? Not a salvation verse. If you don't believe me, listen to last week. The notes are out there and everything. Look at the two verses before and the two verses after. It's all I'm saying. Um, but if, if Romans 10, 13 is what has to be saved, then Paul and Silas told that guy the wrong thing. And Peter told them the wrong thing here. Okay, are you seeing the confusion? If they only get one response... And they say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's what's required. Jesus said the same thing and I just quoted there. He who believes in him is not condemned. Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe it when he says that? He doesn't mention any other verbs. By the way, either repent or baptize. 
I haven't explained those yet, right, in detail, but he doesn't use those terms. I can say that unreservedly. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who believes not is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed. That's the other clearest verse in all the Bible that I can give you for salvation. Those two passages, there are many more, and I'll give you a link to those next week. If you like around 500 verses, 90% of them that relate to salvation on believe or belief, you'll have them next week. Synonyms used in the context. I guess I use clue rather than hint. Right? I said I, it's in the notes here. Flip your page back over. Your best friend in studying the Bible is context. Without, without looking up words, which you can do in a, easily online or Strong's Concordance or whatever. I was, that was the old school I had to do in the Strong's Concordance when I first started. Let me point out a couple synonyms. Synonyms, they mean something similar. They use, a, Luke uses in the end of um, Acts 2 different words to describe repent. Okay? So verse 40, and with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying what? Be saved. That's a synonym of sorts. That's the result of that, anyway. And then notice verse 41. He uses a different um, group of words to kind of say the same thing. He some, it doesn't say they repented. It says that they what? Gladly received his word. Now again, I probably haven't proven anything, but I'm giving you a little bit of a clue. The context itself helps to even out the confusion a little bit. Again, next week we're going to spend a lot more time on this term. But you cannot take one verse out of context and say this is what it means. Christian church does this, the church of Christ does this. You have to be baptized in order to be saved. Being baptized secures your salvation or validates or finalizes your salvation. And they say it says it right here. And we're saying, well, if it says it right here, then all of the rest of the Bible, this is the only combination that you see it this way. All the rest of the Bible didn't say it that way. And Jesus got it wrong because he said belief was the criteria and Paul and Silas got it wrong because they said you will be saved by the way Acts 16 includes baptism but it also the whole family gets baptized having believed on the Lord look it up we're going to talk about that as well here all right questions on this one I hope you have lots of questions I'm going to spend all next week on this one The formula for baptism. Again, the, you know, the more you, you read through it and you don't think about it, but you still slow down a little bit, you're like, wait a second, that isn't what Matthew says, right? This is what Matthew says. And this, by the way, is the conflict. Notice, Acts 2.38 says, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here, 
It says in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I, did, I preached a whole sermon on in whose name are we to be baptized. Right? It's a big deal. Um, short version, I understand this to be more, uh, acts to be more by the authority of Jesus who told us to do it this way. But I won't pick a church fight over either one. Okay, because I think it's both, you're acknowledging God, the three persons of the Trinity, just in belief. But I would say the right version is probably what Matthew says, and this is by the authority of Jesus, the commander authority, like you would, I'm here in the name of, you know, Jim Klein. I don't know what that would get you, but... <laughs> so... But you're representing them and their authority, so I think that's what it is. Short, short version. But again, I wouldn't pick a fight over it because I don't think that's a pick a fight. But some people think this introduces a different dispensation, the hyper dispensationalists and all that. If that doesn't mean anything to you, but the church started later than this, and it's really confusing. The hyper dispensationalists don't even believe you're supposed to be baptized. That was a different era. Like that was a short era. Right? The meaning of the formula, I think I've already hinted at that. So I don't think I have anything in your notes about that, but just the idea that it's in the name of or by the authority of Jesus. To me, that's the easiest way to put it together, and there's nothing that conflicts with that. And just as a, another clue, verse 41, if you flip your notes back over again. This, the order indicated by the context serves as a clue. Again, Peter is not, as much as it looks like it, he's not saying be bapt, uh, be, repent and be baptized, then you'll be saved. Notice the order here. And by the way, those who gladly received his word, what's next? Were baptized. So one comes before the other. Same with Acts 16. The whole household of the Philippian jailer were baptized having believed on the name of the Lord, right? One, we believe in believer's baptism because you're showing, all you're doing is illustrating with God's pattern what you, you're believing in, the death and resurrection of Jesus. I died with Jesus. I, I'm, I'm identifying with the work of Jesus, right? And I'm on his team and hold me accountable. That's baptism, right? So, Again, a little clue. I'm not solving everything, but hopefully that helps a little bit, all right? So we're not, we're not focusing on baptism anymore tonight. And then the two requirements. We're kind of circling back around because there's, there's this word in there. Words, and they're little words. Mean big things. Um, when you buy a car, you can have it, if you're married, you have it either Kevin and Jane or Kevin or Jane. What's the difference? One's, Kevin or Jane means that either one can has full right to sign it and sell it off or whatever. Kevin and Jane says, no, both of you. And that's just a little word. One's two letters, one's three letters. It makes a big deal. What's the word here? And. 
right? It kind of throws it in there. We already kind of gave you a, a little bit of a, a clue of what's there. And you see this one other time in Mark 16, 16. Now, some early texts of Scripture don't contain the last part of Mark, and this is part of that. But this text shouldn't throw you off either way. Presume it's part of Scripture. What does it say? He who believes and is baptized will be saved. That sounds almost like Peter. But what does the second part say? What keeps you from not being saved? Not believing, okay? So again, all you got to do is read the, I know it's hard, but read the entire verse. <laughs> the context. I'll give you another illustration that has nothing to do with this, but reading the whole verse. John 1.12. So many, so many tracts will say you have to receive Jesus and you believe on him and accept. And there's just step after step. I told you one track I found 14 verbs. And I'm like, no one will ever get to heaven. So they don't even know what half of them mean. But as many as received him to them, gave he the power to become the sons of God. And you see that quoted over and over. So you have to receive, or oftentimes the term accept is used. But it goes on to tell you what that means. You have to read all the way to the end of the verse. Even to them that believe on his name. That's what receive means. It's not separate, it's the same thing, right? So context is a big deal, and reading even an entire verse will help us out sometimes. And if that doesn't help us out, the broader context of Scripture will. Notice this too. Requirements for salvation, the word for. It sounds like you're doing it to gain salvation, right? That's what it sounds like. And from an English standpoint, that sounds like a good interpretation. If all you had was Acts 2.38, I would say you'd have to repent and be baptized to be saved. I would say that, but that's not all we have. The Bible is much clearer other places. The word for. Key scriptural use for for. This is Matthew 12.41. You might want to... Make sure you have this maybe right in the margin of your Bible there in case you're talking to somebody. But notice here, this is Jesus talking. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented. Same Greek word, it's E-I-S, ice is pronounced, or ace, repented at the preaching of Jonah. What does that mean? Because of. Yeah, so think of it. Repent and be baptized because of the remission of sins. Does that make sense? That correlates with the rest of the Bible. If you hold on to it and say, no, it doesn't mean that, then you're ignoring the rest of the Bible. Even you're ignoring verse 41 that says they believe, received the word gladly and were baptized, right? There are two steps. One's after salvation, right? And then I'll just put this out there, the large number of passages for belief alone. Again, I'll give you about 500 references for the noun, about 240-some for the noun and the verb next week for downloadable. There might even be one out there already, but 
I didn't upload it for this week, but I don't have them both there. We mentioned them last week. Go ahead, Jim. Well, and even going back to C there, the use for four, even in the English, we have times when four can be used as because. You know, right. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Right. It's because the Bible Absolutely. tells me so. And you're grounded for you did not clean your room. So we don't use it as much, but it's still true. It's a way we use for. It's not, it's not finagling. That's exactly how it's translated. And the uh, prep, uh, prepositions um, have wide usage, right? So, but this is one that's kind of inarguable that it's used in a way to say that. Okay, number four, the term remission. And again, this one will probably leave you the most unsatisfied because I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it. But it's a less common term for salvation. We don't, Pastor, and I'll, I don't use it. Pastor Lance doesn't say, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We just, it's not a term we use often. It's not inaccurate to use that. Most people don't know what it means. And it's not used very often. I have it in your notes, and I think I have it on the slide. This is the, the term. It's 17 times in 16 verses, which, by the way, 17 is not very often. right? The, the verb form, that's the noun form. The verb form looks like it's used a lot, but it's used so many different ways. It's usually translated, and by the way, I uploaded... The list, so you can look at it. It's usually translated forgive 49 times, but there's not. It's also like if you leave someplace, it's used as divorce a couple times, even. Uh, it's diff, different ones. Um, I have it on the, the list that I'll show you in just a sec on the website. And the meaning of the term, like I said, it could be several different things. And I, I actually list them in the New King James how many different ways it does. So let me. Give me just a few more minutes, if you don't mind. I'm going to. I have the website here, so you can look at it if you haven't been up there yet. See the, the whoops, you can't see that, can you? All right, let's. There we go, okay. Um, you don't have to see the details right now. I, I have each week that way, but here's remission right here. Aphesis, okay? Remission. The, the term here, I'm going to open up the one that's the verb, the, the big one, and I'll make it larger if I can. And I have all the different Greek um, lexicons and stuff, but look at this list here. This is how it's translated 49 times forgive. If we for, confess our sins, he's faithful and just to this, our sins. Okay, that's the word used. Left, he left the house. Yeah, that's all it is. It's to, uh, to leave away. Is literally, it's two words put together. To leave, let, allow, like let go, permit it. That's the idea. Alone, forsook, divorced, let him alone, let alone, sent, and then there's onesies down here. So, and I've, I've highlighted them all. 
So you can look at them in context. If you know Greek words, I've highlighted those in the gray there. So let me go back to the... Down to the end here. I just got one more slide for you. Here's the... The summary, the four points. And then... Brief summary, only two paragraphs here. Repent means to change one's mind and is tied to the term believed or believe, which is used much more often in Scripture. Based on other very clear passages, and I give you those, I've quoted from them, repent cannot be an extra step. It absolutely cannot be, biblically speaking, but must be tied directly to belief, it's belief itself. When one believes God's good news, that person is repenting. He's changing his mind. Now, I'm going to get into it way more next week. If you don't agree with me, that's okay. It, people use it mostly wrong, the term. I'm just telling you, repent is not used in a biblical way with regard to salvation. I hope it, I convince you next week, but at least you'll understand why I say that. Baptism is seen throughout the New Testament as an outward symbol and declaration of one's identification with Jesus' death and resurrection, over and over in Scripture, we see that people first believe, then they are baptized, right? For the Jews in Jerusalem, it was a public announcement of belief in Jesus. And by the way, I put the slide presentations in a PDF format out there, usually sometime later in the week. So you have all these slides, too, if you want them. So, Questions or comments? Are you dissatisfied? Unsatisfied? Yes. Do we get a second round of cookies? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, my, my son's birthday's today, and he's not feeling well. But he's usually helping out. I think, I think Jerry, we need to cut Jerry's pay. So I, we need to knock him down to about a, a dozen and a half cookies, right? Baptism has more than one use in the Oh, Oh, absolutely. But I'm saying that when we talk about baptism of converts, then we're talking about a very specific use. But yeah, there's baptisms of... Baptism of the Holy Spirit is the time for the Okay. Um, what is... No, that's a perfect question. What does baptism mean? Immerse. So then you have to say, what's the context? So the baptism of the Spirit, and we can talk about this one, but baptism of the Spirit... I believe you're baptized into the Spirit, right? You're immersed into the Spirit. And I can explain why, but every instance of it, the Bible, when it talks about baptizing the Spirit, are identical. And sometimes the New King James translates it by the Spirit, other times it's in the Spirit. And I don't think that it's warranted to translate it differently. It's all talking about the same thing, but yeah. But immerse. So you're immersed into the spirit, which also makes you part of the body of Christ. So, yes, sir, Terry. Uh, are my friends in the Church of Christ part of a cult? I don't think they're. I have a cousin that used to be. He did what I did. He has a scat of kids. Um, he pastored for years, bivocationally. I believe he knows the Lord. I just believe he's confused. I don't think it's a cult, personally. Uh, Yeah, and it, it really depends on what they're seeing it as, if I can be fair. That's what I'm 
Yeah, but then you can talk about Lordship Salvation and John MacArthur, and every one of those things can be a work or not, right? It really depends on how you're seeing it and what you're relying on. So even though my cousin, he's in the Christian church, not the Church of Christ, he rests his hope in Jesus' death and resurrection. He's just getting the mechanics wrong. He believes in Jesus' death and resurrection for him. So I think that that's a confusion thing, not a conversion thing if that makes sense. That's how I would understand it. And I, I, again, I'm thankful that God is the evaluator, not Kevin. But I, you know, I believe that, uh, that it's, we need clarity, but we don't have to condemn people. We just help them see more clearly, right? I mean, people that have issues like that. You know, people asking Jesus into your heart. That's a phrase that you never find in the Bible. It's not a biblical concept. I grew up hearing that. I probably even used it. You know, and, and you're like, it was in Sunday school curriculum. It was in taught in colleges and seminaries, pulpits and everything. And it's like, I, I think we've caught up with that now and we've kind of helped purge it. So, anything else? Unsatisfied? I haven't answered hardly any of your questions. And that was my goal. So anyway, next week we're going to repentance, what it is and what it is not next week. And it's, this is like the deepest study we've done and probably will do this session. It's, I don't think it'll be over your head, but you, you know, it'll be good. So, but you need to know what repent means. Otherwise you'll be adding to a step when you don't need to. It's amazing. It's good. It's clear. It's freeing. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the attentiveness of your people. Lord, help us to rightly divide your word and to meditate on it. And Lord, study it. And if they don't agree with me, praise the Lord. Help them to keep studying. Help me to keep studying. May we, we come to what you have revealed regarding the word of God and especially salvation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.